We all need hope. Every one of us in this time, I'm not going to lie, today more than ever, we need hope. We need to believe there's something out there that we can hold on to. We need to believe that there's something out there that we can connect with tangibly that will help dispel our fears, that will bring our hope up, that will help us, man, just get big, broad shoulders to take on the fears of life. Now, we know that that person is Jesus, but I want to explain to you why it comes and how it comes that we can have that faith in Jesus. The truth is that COVID-19 is a real virus, but Jesus is our healer. There are real effects to this virus, but Jesus calms the storm. It will continue to affect people in one way or another, but Jesus brings hope. Nothing on this planet will bring hope more than, than you and I having a real faith in Christ. Man, we sang about it today, and I love the words of that song, that you could feel the ground shaking as the prison doors were open. Man, that just hit me hard. Why is that? Because we have a God who can shake heaven and earth to get you what you need. He can literally cause the ground to swell to get you out of the jam that you feel yourself in. See, Paul discovered his hope was not in finding himself, but it was in surrendering totally to Christ. We're going to talk about this concept of surrender, but we know that we serve a Jesus who is kind, who is merciful, but yet he's just. We serve a Jesus who saw a leper, a man who was plagued with disease, a man who had to be self-quarantined, come up to him. All his disciples were ready to run in fear. They were ready to scatter at the idea that they could be that they could be attached to this plague, to this virus, that they might get sick. Yet Jesus walks straight up to the man. The man says, God, if it's your will, heal me. And he says, it's my will. Heals him right there on the spot. The leprosy dries up. He's made totally clean. And Jesus says, don't tell anybody. Don't get all excited. Don't get all big-headed. Go to the temple. Make the appropriate sacrifice. Because now you're clean. Now you're out of quarantine. Now you can go show off to the world exactly what the Son of God has done for you. Listen, in this time of trouble, we are going to experience miracle after miracle after miracle. And we have to understand that in these moments, it's not the time to get a big head. In these moments, it's time just to show off Jesus. Look what Jesus is doing in our life. Look what Jesus is doing in our church. Look what Jesus is doing in our communities. Paul understood this type of unabashed surrender. In fact, Paul wrote these words. Our scripture for today comes from Galatians 2.20. Some of you know it very well. It's a very memorized portion of scripture. But many of us get it totally mixed up. We get it upside down in how to actually apply it to have the faith that brings from Galatians 2.20. So it reads like this. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives but Christ lives in me. Moreover, the life I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's enough in its own for us probably to chew on for a very long time, that we come to a place where we have faith in God, that we don't live anymore, that this life is not ours, that we have been dead and crucified on that cross, not just that we are made new, but we have a reason to have astounding faith. Why? Because we live in the faith of Jesus Christ. We live knowing that this life is not ours, this body is not mine, it does not belong to me, that all that I am is not my own, that I serve a greater and a higher purpose. But that first portion of the scripture is hard for many people. I have been crucified with. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean to be crucified with? Well, let's clear it up a little bit. 
Because I think there's a lot of effort on our own when we read that verse to say, well, God, I've got to do something to crucify my flesh. I've got to put it down. And we put this heavy burden on people. We put this undue sense of rule and regulation on people. Well, that's not at all what it's talking about. What Paul was getting at actually comes from a combined word. This idea that I have been crucified with is one word in the original Greek, and I'm not going to read it for you, but I'm going to, I'm going to break it apart for you a little bit. There's three inspired grammatical parts when it comes to talking about how we read Greek words. Specifically, there is the tense, the voice, and the mood. These are all very much inspired grammatical parts. When you were in school, for those of you that got through school, and for those of you that are on COVID break, hopefully you'll learn this sometime later. But we, as in our English language and in other languages, to break apart the meaning of a word, we have tenses, we have a voice and a mood, how it's said and how it's read. So we have to understand what he was really saying. First part is the tense. What he was saying in the tense was, I, I have been... I have been, this has been completed in the past. So I have been crucified. It has taken place in the past once and for all, never needs to be repeated. Listen, so whatever we're talking about, the idea of being crucified with Christ, being totally engulfed in Jesus, that he is our all in all, that he is everything, that he is what motivates us, it happened. It doesn't need to happen again. We don't need to keep crucifying ourselves. We don't need to keep going to the cross and, and wiping away our tears and telling God how sorry we are for every little thing that happens in life every time we mess up or screw up. No, no, the first time you went to the cross and said, God, I give it to you, and you really meant it, and you gave it over to Jesus, that's it. He doesn't need it again. The moment that you went to him and said, God, I'm giving it all to you, it was completed once and for all. It never needs to be repeated. We all know the idea of this, te- of this, th- this concept in the verbiage of Christ. When he was on the cross, he literally gave a very similar word with a similar tense when he said it is finished, one word there in the Hebrew and then translated in the Greek, it's this idea, what Jesus was saying, that at the cross, when he died, when he hung his head, that the atonement at that moment was finished. You and I were brought back to God by that sacrifice of Christ, and it never had to happen again. The same way Paul is teaching us that we, when we are crucified with Christ, when we finally give in to Jesus, when we finally give over to him, it doesn't have to happen over and over and over. We don't have to keep running to the cross. We don't have to keep running to the uh, the, uh, running to those, those meetings where they just beat us up and tell us we need to get saved all over again. We just come that one time full of faith knowing that he has redeemed us totally in that moment. Jesus was saying that this, anoint, uh, this, this, this whole idea of the aton- atonement has been accomplished once and for all and forever. Here in Galatians, and Paul is saying very specifically, I have been crucified with Christ alone. It happened. It happened in the past. It's a matter of fact. Then he goes on to this passive voice, which represents what is happening to the subject. Paul adds this very specifically because he's trying to get our attention. What Paul is saying is that this didn't This didn't just happen because I jumped into the process. This happened by no means of my own effort. So first we have this idea. It's a once and for all completed action. I have been crucified with Christ. It happened once and for all. And then Paul tells us through the verb and the breakdown of the verb that it happened to him, that he didn't make it happen of his own effort. Too often we live this life trying to figure out how we're going to appease God. 
How are we finally going to come to the table and say, God, I have enough. I finally brought enough of a sacrifice. I finally brought enough praise. I finally brought enough prayer. I finally brought enough attendance. I finally brought enough good things. God, here, here's my sacrifice. Now I can say that I've been crucified with you so that I can live in the faith of the Son of God. But no, he says it this way. Paul says specifically, you had no part in that action. Listen, the fact is, you couldn't crucify yourself if you wanted to. If the idea was to inflict self-harm and that we knew that what we were going through was going to be such a painful action, none of us would do it. But when we give ourselves over to Christ, He, through His actions of the cross, has finally taken the, br the brunt of the punishment for us. Everything on the backside of the cross is health and happiness and wholeness. Everything on the backside of the cross is for us to, to win in life. Why do we keep looking at the cross and the idea of sacrifice and self-sacrifice as an idea where we have to put ourselves down? No, it's coming up in Jesus. Then the indicative mood is a simple statement of fact. It happened. It is a fact. What Paul is trying to get us to recognize is that, listen, this action happened. I've been crucified with Christ. It happened once and for all. It never needs to be repeated. It happened through no effort of my own. And it's a fact of the matter. Many of us are keep wondering when we come to Christ, we keep wondering, Jesus, have I really given you everything? Jesus, have I really given you my all? God, I feel scared in this moment. Does that mean I need to give more of myself to you? God, I feel like I don't know where to run. I don't know where to turn to. Does that mean I haven't really given you everything? No, what it means is that you're human. And that if you'll run to the cross, what it means is that he will subside all those fears, that he'll put down all that anxiety. If we'll do what we're commanded to do here in Galatians 2.20, if we will crucify the flesh, just come run under the banner of Jesus, run under the banner of the cross, in that moment, in that moment, all anxiety flees. All fear dissipates. Giving you a real theological lesson here for a reason. We need to get back into the practice of giving it to Jesus, being crucified with Christ, saying enough is enough. I've, I've tried to do it my way. I've tried to live on my own efforts. I've tried to do it my way for far too long. Today, Jesus, I'm giving it to you. You know that he's never going to reject you. No matter where you're at in life, he's never going to reject you. You might actually be sick. Today, this, this, this virus might actually, actually be affecting your life. You're not too far gone to give it over to Jesus and say, God, have your way. You're not too far gone to give it over to Christ and say, God, heal me. I know you're willing. You did it for the plague of leprosy. You did it for that leper that met you on the street. I know you'll do it for, for me here and now. You might be scared and wondering, God, do I really have faith? Do I really have enough faith to walk through this? Do I really have enough faith or is fear overcoming my life? Listen, in our own self, you and I don't have enough faith to muster up to work through this fear. You and I don't have enough faith inside of us to muster up to fix the issue in our heart. I wish we did. I wish we were that strong. But if we were, we'd need no need for the cross. Yet Jesus says, run to it, because in that moment, you're crucified with him. In that moment that you run under the banner of the cross, in that moment, that fear has to flee, because Jesus pinned it to the cross. In that moment that you feel desperation wanting to take over your heart, you run to Jesus, you apply the blood. Why? Because in that moment, that's what causes the fear to dissipate. In fact, in that moment, then we can read the rest of Galatians chapter 2.20, and we'll get there in a second. In light of this reflection, in light of this idea on how Paul uses this one word to encompass a big, grand theological statement, the translation should read more like this. What I'm telling you is a fact. I've already been crucified with God, 
through Christ. God crucified me. I didn't do it of myself. It happened and was completed in the past. Once and for all, never needs to be repeated. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who what loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is giving us a theological narrative that says you don't have to fear, that you can kick fear in the butt, that you can tell fear where to go, go back to hell where you came from. Every time fear comes up in your head, your kids might think you're cussing. Listen, it's all right, tell fear, go to hell. Go to hell, go to hell. Today, because that's where it belongs. Hell's not a cuss word, it's a place. Hallelujah. You can laugh even if you're at home. We need to understand we've come to a place in Christ where we can have the fullness the full nature, the faith that we can live in him, that we can look to ourselves and say, that's a dead man. Not only my past, not only all my broken issues, not only all my baggage, but fear, that's a dead man. Depression, that's a dead man. It's a dead man that's standing before me. It's not the hope that is the gospel. Listen, understand, that the life that we live in the flesh, it says, we live a life in the flesh. We live a life that is real, that's this real world. We don't live it on our own anymore. Once we've come to that place of crucifixion with Christ, we don't live this life, this fleshly life on our own. We live it by the faith we have in the Son of God. We live it by the faith that we have in Jesus. Listen, I don't do anything in this life because my flesh tells me to. I do it because of the faith that I have in Christ. This is what he's called me to do. This is what he said to do. Today, I wanted to preach something totally different. I didn't want to preach this verse. I thought, God, this is too heavy. This is too much of a theological burden to put on people when they're scared. He said, no, this will free them. Why? Because the next, next term there. I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Anyone that does not love is not of God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 gives us the concept that Jesus himself, the embodiment of God, is nothing more than love. God does not love us. He is love. God does not have love for us. He is love. In him is perfect love. This life that I live in the flesh, I live through the faith that I have in the Son of God. Why? Because of His love. That when we look to the cross and the idea of crucifying self, we look to it as an action that we don't apply to ourselves, but He applied to us. And why? For love's sake. So that He could kill fear. So that He could kill sickness. So that He could kill disease. Anything that would trip us up. We go to the cross, the action happened, not of our own efforts, but all because of what Christ did. And in that moment, love poured down from heaven. We pray the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray a kingdom come concept. We pray the idea that, that, the, heaven, that the heavenly realms would literally rest here on earth. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, what we're praying then, we're praying for healing, we're praying for provision, we're praying for prosperity, we're praying for grace, we're praying for holiness, we're praying for righteousness to come settle into this earth. If we're going to get rid of this disease, whether it's affecting your life personally or whether it's affecting the, the, the state or the city or the municipality that you live in, the only way to get rid of it is heaven to earth and the only way to really know heaven comes to earth is to go to the cross first. It's the bridge 
bridge that bridges the chasm. It's the bridge that says that Jesus can now walk down those golden celestial stairs to this earth that he so desperately wants to rescue. You know that Jesus doesn't want to rescue you any less than when he did come the first time, but now it's on a personal level that he comes to rescue your heart, that he comes to rescue your life, that he comes to rescue you in your state of depression and despair. Why is that? Because that moment when he hung on that cross and he bled and died, he would have done it all just for you. That moment when Jesus hung and died, as it says here, that moment of crucifixion, that he gave himself for me. Listen, Paul writes it so specifically. He doesn't say in Galatians 2.20 that he gave himself for us. He doesn't say that he gave himself for the whole world, as some have written. He says he gave himself for me. He makes it personal. Today, you need to make it personal. If we're going to get through this, if you're going to get through this, because you can, if you're going to get through this, you have to know who you are in Christ. You're a dead man. You're a dead man. You're a dead woman already. That everything that you live is in the faith of Jesus Christ. The reason you're healed is because you're not your own. The reason you aren't sick, but you are healthy is that you're not your own. The reason that you're prosperous, the reason that you're going to get through this and you're going to get better because of it is not because you are your own. It's because you've been bought with a price. It's because Jesus has died on that cross. It's because the moment you run to the cross, you can now say forever and always, you have been crucified with Christ. No effort on your own. It happened once and for all, and it never needs to be repeated. So today I want to encourage you, run to the cross. Run to the cross of Christ. Don't wait. Don't wait for things to get worse. Don't wait for pandemonium to happen in the streets. Don't wait. Go to Jesus today. Say, God, I am all yours Allow yourselves to run through this process that you are totally given into him. The uncertainties of life happen. They do. They really do. Even if we were in the perfect economy, even if there were no virus plaguing the world, there are uncertainties that come to life. But in reality, the only way to get rid of them is for you and I to go to Jesus. In reality, the only way for you and I to get rid of the uncertainties is for us to find ourselves in the cross in the shadow of the cross to say, God, it's covered me in everything that I am. Your past, your present, your future is all wrapped up in what God did on that cross. Have faith in the Son of God that he loves you, that he gave himself for you so that you could be healed, so that this plague doesn't have to come near your house, so that your children can be safe, so that your grandchildren can be under the blood of the Almighty God. Make sure you understand what it's really all about, the cross of Christ and nothing else. There's benefit to Jesus, there's benefit to the cross, but that cross is what matters. Listen, today I think more than ever, preachers need to preach the cross of Jesus, not feel-good messages, not we're going to get through this kumbaya. Of course we will. We will win. We're a strong and powerful people. We're a strong and confident nation. Of course we'll win. But why will we win? Because even from our founding, we decided that we would come to Jesus. Even in the founding of this nation, we said we would leave foreign lands and come to this new world so that we could represent the cause of Christ. Why does this nation prosper more than any other nation on the planet? Because our focus is and always will be Jesus first. Even wrapped up in, in the flag that we celebrate are red stripes. And if you know anything about its founding, you know that those aren't just because of liberty, but they are because of righteousness. And the righteousness they spoke of come directly from the sacrifice of Jesus. They are reminiscent of the blood of Christ. 
Why does that banner mean something? Because even in the symbol of our nation has the hope of Jesus. Everyone is facing challenging circumstances. Some of you have lost your job. You're not sure where your next paycheck is coming from. You're hoping the government kicks in this stimulus package pretty quickly. Let me, let me help you out. Even Wall Street doesn't know where their next paycheck's coming from. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Not one of us is in this alone. But those of us who are in Christ, who've given ourselves over to him, who've said, God, I'm going to be like Galatians 2.20 tells me to. I'm going to give myself over to the cross. I'm going to be crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I will live. And understand the next word there. I live because I've given myself to him. Your finances will live. Your health will live. Your children will live. There will be new life spoken into your situation the moment we give it over to Jesus. Grace Family Church, we are committed to fulfilling our mission and vision. We're committed even in these perilous times to saying we will reach people and change lives with the gospel. Things are going to change. Let me help you out. Some things are going to change. They changed today already. We're going to add new digital means of connection uh, through Facebook and social media. We're going to ramp up what we do and how we do it on a digital end. And hopefully these will be good steps to secure us in the future as well. But as we're, as we're adding to what we do, We're not doing it just to add digital means of communication. We're not doing it just to stay in contact. No, we're doing it because we know we have a message that needs to get out there. There are not enough churches bold enough to tell you run to the cross in time of need. There are too many churches out you telling, too many churches out there telling you, listen, we're just going to figure out how to get through this. No, no, no. We don't need to figure it out. God's already paid the price. We don't need to figure out how to pay for all this. He's already paid for it. We need to have faith in the son of God. It's the only thing that will change the trajectory. I don't care who you voted for, or who you're going to vote for in the future. It won't make a hill of beans a difference. I don't care what political party you're affiliated with. It means nothing in the light of Jesus. I don't care if you like what I'm saying because I know it's Bible foundational truth. And today we need more than ever the truth of the gospel. Listen, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this because we're strong We're going to get through this because we're emboldened as a country. We're going to get through this because we're standing on the promises of the word of God. We're going to get through it. But what are we going to be when we come to the other side? What kind of a country will we be? What kind of a church will we be? Will there still be churches all over America with empty pews? Will there still be churches all over the country with half-hearted believers? Will there still be people who are afraid to lift their hands and worship when the music kicks in? Will there still be people who don't trust God enough with their finances to give just a tithe and a tenth away? Or will we be a people who boldly say, no, I'm going all in today. This crisis pushed me to the edge and to the brink. This crisis pushed me to a place where I need to triumph. This this crisis put me to a place where I need to feel the winning power of Jesus. Will we be people who turn a corner? Will revival really happen? Christians, if you're listening, you need to get inspired. And those of you who are listening, maybe you're far from Jesus, this is the message for you. Jump into the fold. Get, become part of the family. We'll welcome you in with open arms. We'll receive you right where you're at. We'll pray a prayer with you that will change your life forever. But it means life change needs to happen. 
I, am, I have never been more impressed on my heart that life changes our duty. It's our responsibility. It's what God's forced us into, that we are molded and shaped into the image of Christ. But it happens because we give ourselves first over to the cross. Too many of you are holding on to something, some baggage of the past. Too many of you are compartmentalizing your life and saying, Jesus, you can have this part, but not that part. Too many of us are not allowing him to be preeminent, meaning first in everything. And if he's not first, he is last. He is nothing. He must be first in everything that we do. So today I'm asking you, make him first. Don't wait another day and don't wait till you're sick. Don't wait and, and pray away and hope away that things just go away and ostrich yourself and try to ignore the circumstances. Come boldly to the throne of Jesus today. Say, God, I give it to you. Today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with two groups of people. One, those of you who need to say, man, today's my day. I'm going to give it all to Jesus. I'm going to the cross once and for all. Never needs to be repeated. I'm laying it down, Lord. And then I want to pray for those of you and you're just scared. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. You don't know who to believe. You've heard all the ramblings on social media and on the internet. You don't know where to turn. Listen, the only place you need to turn is Jesus. I'm not saying we shouldn't be smart, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be informed, but the only place you need to really turn is the cross. So I want to pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for your community gathered all over the world. God, your community gathered through the internet through Facebook, through social media, your community gathered in homes all over this country. First, I pray that your spirit would fall, that they would feel you, Holy Spirit, that right now in their homes, God, as they're listening to my voice, that they would feel the presence from heaven come and fall. God, we also pray that they would be inspired to say, today's my day, Jesus. Today's the day I give it all over to you. Today's the day I say I've had enough, and here you go, Lord. This is yours. My whole life is yours. So today... God, we ask as a collective, as a group, as your church, have your way. God, put us back in that mode of being crucified with Christ. Let us know that the life we live now is not ours, but we live in the faith of the Son of God because he loved us and gave himself for us. Today, God, help us give ourselves wholly back to you. In this moment, if you're hearing this prayer, and maybe it's the first time you've heard anything like this, Maybe it's the first time and you want reassurance. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, in that moment you're saved. That you can have the assurance of heaven as if you were already there. That when this life is over, you know you'll meet Jesus on the other side with arms open, ready to receive you. But it's very simple. You pray a prayer. I want everyone, wherever you're at, in your homes, with neighbors, with friends, if you're listening to this live or you're listening to this recorded, to pray this prayer out loud and loud enough to where you can hear it with your own ears. It's very simple. If you pray this prayer and you mean it, the Bible says that heaven rejoices, that God sins all my wrongdoings. God, I take them to the cross. I know I'm not perfect, but I know you'll make me whole. Jesus, I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or the hundredth time, heaven rejoices. Find the link in somewhere in the, 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 the video that you're viewing. Go to graceqc.com. Let us know. Connect with us. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. Let us know that you're connecting with our family here live on Facebook. We don't know exactly how long we're going to have to have services on Facebook. That's okay. We're trying to work out other means and modes to meet and to connect together, and we'll share that with you in the future. But if it's just through Facebook, understand you have someone who's praying for you, who's with you, 
You have someone who's on your side. You have someone who believes in you. We know that we're going to get through this. We know that this isn't Amen. the end of us. We know that God didn't take us this far to leave us. He never does. So today with our family, believing, connecting, we want you to know, we want you to believe in full faith that God's on your side. God has never let us down. Every single one of us have situations in our life where we've seen God move, and this isn't going to be any different. Amen. So keep your faith up. Keep your hopes up. God has got this. Amen.